Welcome back to that rugby podcast brought to you by the Sports Booth. You are joined by myself, Husey, 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 Husey. How are we? How are we feeling? I am feeling better today than I did last week. Um, I, I obviously I'm feeling sad because I can't be there with you in person today. Um, <laughs> such is the is the nature of uh, work and things like that these days. Um, schedule just didn't work for it this week, but uh, pleased with. Uh, some of the results of the of the weekend, and uh, and we'll get into it later in the in the episode. But we sort of doing a look back on the international season as a whole. And last week was about frustration. I think this week's uh, about hope, about look, putting the season <laughs> into context and and seeing really what happened and and looking forward to the future. Uh, so it was frustration last week, uh, a new hope this week. Yeah, I feel like uh, what we're going to be doing later on on this podcast is grading international rugby teams on their performance yeah. through the year. And I feel like I've, I've never been one to want to be a school teacher um, purely because I can just remember vividly the teacher-parent uh, interviews <laughs> and always getting told off normally for talking too much about rugby during the uh, during school time and so it made me yeah. never want to be a teacher but now we get our opportunity to be the teachers and, and give out a grade and grade some of the performances I guess of those international sides uh, a couple yeah. that we love and a couple that may, we may not love and we may enjoy <laughs> uh, giving them low rankings but first obviously two games of rugby union happened over the yes. weekend two international games of rugby union I should say two big games Wales against what's left of the Australian squad. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And Australia A at this point, really. <laughs> like, you look at that squad and you could just about make an argument when the Australian A team was first named that there would have been a, a good handful in that Australian A side. Yep. So, uh, I mean, 60, what, 163-ish minutes or 57-ish minutes of, I wouldn't say disappointing rugby from the Wallabies, but but definitely not clinical and then all of a sudden Same you decided story type of thing yeah the, the Houdini, pulled the houdini out of the hats um and absolutely killed it i mean a, a, a sensational comeback it was very reminiscent of the comeback against the all blacks that never eventuated you know you were down yeah. and out of that game by about 20 points and somehow pulled it out uh, i mean I, i'm still i'm still kind of disbelief when i watch back and, and, and re-watch the game just how and how quickly that game turned. Um, but, yeah, a, a lot of, I guess a couple of superstars maybe in the making as well. You've got another good outside back there who uh, yeah. we, we hyped up during the season, but he's taking his chances as they come. Someone not named Cora Betty, but within somehow even more difficult <laughs> to pronounce last name, uh, Mark Nwangani Tawase. Uh, I've got it now. It's it's lodged in the brain now. Um uh, of course, another Waratah. Where else would the superstars be coming from uh, in Australian <laughs> rugby? Uh, but yeah, uh, Mark Nwangani Tawase had a fantastic game. Uh, again, uh, two, two in a row. Consistency, I think, has been something we've been searching for in our outside backs, not named Corabetti. And I think we found uh, one that can do it. Looking ahead to the Waratahs of next year, Dylan Peach on one wing, Marky Mark on the other. It's going to be dangerous uh, combo for the Tars. But still focusing on the Wallabies now. Uh, again, discipline was an issue. A lot of cheese during this game, and we weren't even in France this time. So it's just not a, not a good look for the team. Jake Gordon, 
love the man. Somehow always seems to find himself uh, playing 10 minutes less than he should be uh, by getting carded in these games. Uh, so something he needs to work on. Yeah, something the whole team needs to work on. That's where Wales were able to score a few points is when we were down some men and things like that as well. Uh, but look, we got some calls that went our way for once this game as well. So that was good to see. And we capitalized on that. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like the the halves combo for... Uh, as, sorry, as in the, the halfbacks for the Australian World Cup team is really, for me, at this stage, is pretty solid as Nick White and Tate McDermott at this point. And Jake Gordon in there as the, as the, as the backup if someone gets injured. I think Tate had a good game, uh, provided a lot of spark when he was on the field as well. Uh, Nick White, for me, though, has got the veteran leadership. So we maybe see Nick White start, Tate McDermott come on late when we get to the World Cup. Uh, ben Donaldson had a, had a good game at 10 as well uh, with Noel Lolasio coming on towards the end of the game. Uh, and yeah, a lot of people, were, I saw a lot of commentary. It's like, that's a lot of disrespect to Noel Lolasio, what kind of message he's sending him. I think Dave Rennie summed it up really well at the end of the game, which was, we know what we've got in Noah now. We wanted to see what we could get out of uh, Ben. And it's like, that's that's it. Like the, the fact that they then trusted Noah to come on as the as the ten to finish out the game, I think shows that they have trust in him, um, and he did what he needed to do perfectly. So that ten jersey, Rennie, I think, is pretty firmly established that Quade Cooper is his go-ahead ten for the World Cup if he's back in time. And I think it's Noel Olaseo uh, after that, and then uh, maybe a Bernard Foley or a Ben Donaldson uh, after that as well. But I think Quade Cooper's pretty clear cut the ten. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because do you go down the road, and we, we again, Gitto Law, it comes up every podcast, and I don't think it'll yeah. end anytime soon. But, okay, say let's say Karevi or Korobiti, you know, obviously hoping for the best, but say one of them does go injured. Do you, do you, it would be a bold statement to make from Rennie, but go, actually, I'm going to take two first fives, even though that one of them may not even see the field during the World Cup, but just select them in the squad. And really send a message to, I guess, Rugby Australia to go, look, uh, I'm, yeah, uh, here's a handcuff <laughs> and, and you're doing yeah. the, a really good job of this because, yeah, I, as much, I, I've got no problem with him having Quaid. The way that Bernard Foley has stepped up, you know, that 13 10 against the number one team in the world, I know they were missing Johnny Sexton and he's a very important part of them. But against Ireland, he played again another, he manages the game really well. You saw it against the All Blacks. You know, yeah. If, if you know what you're getting out of Noah Lolisio, it's not enough to beat the All Blacks. If you know what you're getting out of Bernard Foley, he's done it before. Like it is yeah. uh, again, and that's not a knock on Noah. Noah is the first five of the future, but in those he's played those big games, like you said, like Dave said. Like we've seen what Noah can do. He's played big games, and that's probably the only thing I would take away. I'd be like, man. You look at like Noah Lolasio's test record, and it's not that it's a bad test record. It's he plays every good team. Like he hasn't yeah. again. He had his opportunity. I think it was against Italy. Did he start? And obviously didn't work out in his favour. Not completely his fault. Um, but yeah, it's it is sometimes you want those games. But I, I, yeah, I I think people were going way over the top with it. It's, this is the time <laughs> to be trying. Trying out everyone, yes. you know, we were exactly. winning the World Cup with Stephen Donald kicking us a penalty. You you need to be able to know, okay, who is my fourth in line? Who is my fifth in line if it gets to that point? Yeah, and I mean, half the, we, you know, we said at the top of the podcast, like, it's basically the Australia A team that was playing based on injuries. That, that was what, uh, yeah, 
Dave, Dave Rennie just had to throw everything at the wall and see what sticks in that last game against Wales. I, I think we even said it ahead of the the tour. It was like, if there's going to be a game that's got experimentation in it, it's going to be, if there's any games that can have experimentation in it, it's going to be Italy and Wales. And that's what we saw. Uh, and that, that was what was needed. Uh, because that's the point of these tours is to see what you've got in your plays. Otherwise, how would we have found out about Marky Mark? So look, it's it, it, exactly. it, it was necessary. It got us over the line as well in the last game. Uh, I, you know, there's some chatter that the Giddo law will be maybe not removed for the World Cup, but relaxed so that instead of only three players, it's five or something like that. I'd like to just see it scrapped for the World Cup, to be honest. Like, um, you know, I think for it's hard to say. I reckon you can make if you, if you don't want to get completely get rid of the Giddo law, I reckon you can do something like a, a, a stage system where for the World Cup, there is no. Giddo law, right? Because you just need your best players. World Cup's the most important thing. Rugby championship, instead of only three players for the Giddo law, you have five. For um, autumn test series, you have the full Giddo law of only three players. That way, people can stay and play Super Rugby, and they are encouraged because they will get a shot in a Wallabies jersey when it comes around to spring tour time or exhibition matches or games where teams tour in Australia, you know, like the England series and things like that more restrictive um, Giddo law there so that those players do get a chance to play in the Wallabies jersey. But when it comes to the important things, Rugby Championship, World Cup, it's more relaxed, if not completely removed. So that way Australia can put the best team on the field because, you know, no one, like you said, the hand behind, one hand behind the back analogy is perfect. How are we supposed to be winning these championships when our best players aren't able to play? It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, totally agree. And I like that. I, I like that a lot. I think... If you say to someone, yeah, you can choose the money, but you may only be able to wear the Wallaby jersey once every four years. It's uh, yeah. it is a now. Hey, do I want to stay at home? Do I want you know? Like it, it does, it does hold a bit more to it. I don't mind that. I think that could be a, a very good movement uh, for the Wallabies it's, and it's at sort least. Of, yeah, and it meets in the middle, and it and it sort of it you know it addresses both concerns at the same time. But look, when it comes to the World Cup having anything like the ghetto law, I think is completely fucking stupid because world cup, you should have your best team on the field, no matter where they play their club rugby or their professional rugby at. Like if they are able to represent Australia, they should be on the pitch. hundred percent. Totally agree. Totally agree. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, I imagine eventually this will become a point of conversation for the all blacks as well, somewhere down the line. Um, but for now, New Zealand rugby is making too much money to care. Shall we move on yeah. to the other game where England were, I guess, <laughs> I don't want to say embarrassed, but they were booed off Twickenham. So, I mean, yeah. there'll be some embarrassment in that sheds. Um, yeah, tough, tough outing. I watched, uh, watching the highlights of the game, it was such a classic South Africa performance <laughs> where it was just three points, three points, build up the pressure on England. That forced mistakes because they th- thought they were getting behind on the scoreboard. That led to more South Africa points, et cetera, et cetera. I think um, England were probably unlucky in some of the calls that went against them. Uh, not too much, though. I, I, South Africa are just a, a great team. Uh, and that answer try was just an absolute classic. Like He looked like I do on Sunday mornings playing touch footy, just stepping around everyone, scoring a try. Like it's just (laughs) incredible effort, you know. Uh, He's been watching my highlights, that's for sure. Uh, So yeah, it's just a a great game from South. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Great game from South Africa. England will be disappointed uh, in that one, um, especially because uh, Fortress Twickenham 
these days is more like a tourist information booth, uh, Twickenham, with the amount of people coming in there taking whatever they want. Yeah, totally. I mean, couldn't have said it better myself. It's <laughs> it's it's tough. It's it's tough because you know the English are a proud nation, and mm. I, again, don't get me wrong, I love seeing them lose. It's not a not a complaint, but realistically, they should be. What well, they they lost to Argentina, should have lost to the All Blacks, lost to South Africa, um, and they did they beat someone else in there? I think they beat someone else in there. Um, uh, I've got England? so England this year they played uh, versus uh, Australia. They had a disappointing Six Nations, and then uh, they played. Uh, God, who did they play? Uh, it was yeah. I'll get it here in a second. Um, uh, Japan, 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 yeah, and they, they beat Japan. One, one good performance, realistically, and then a good ten yeah. minutes against the All Blacks, and that's yeah, it's tough. I, I I'm a believer of Eddie Jones. Uh, I am, yeah. but uh, it is. It, I, I can imagine there'll be some angry old white men complaining about the way that the current English squad is playing some footy. Yep, I agree. Saying, saying that. We do need to discuss investigations, and this may become okay. part of the podcast because there's obviously the famous Jeff Tuvey. There's got to be an investigation, um, and <laughs> <laughs> did you like that? Uh, uh, and it's like he's right here in the room. <laughs> and there's two investigations about to go down in the world of rugby, and you're probably all thinking, oh, oh, oh. No, it's not that serious. One's the Australian injury toll, which has become laughable so much that they've decided that they have to investigate it. Uh, and then we've got the English doing an investigation into their, I guess, coach, current coach, just their whole rugby season because of how bad it was. And, I mean, it could have been a lot worse if they'd lost the series against you guys. So, uh, yeah, I to start which with the first have. one... Yeah. Which they should have. To start with the first one, obviously the Australian injury toll. Uh, yeah, I this rightfully needs to be investigated. I don't know. There's there's some obviously injuries are a part of our sport, um, and contact injuries are. You can't do much with contact injuries. Man, I studied physical education. All right, people, I, I should know stuff like this. I know the I know the human body. You know, like I'm all about that. However, contact injuries. Can't really stop that. It's the non-contact injuries that, especially yeah. from your team that you're seeing, that is is a real issue. And uh, I mean, a clear example is Tani Alatupo, who, I mean, has played less minutes in a, a green and gold jumper than I'm sure everyone in Australia would like. And so I understand the need for an investigation. You just, it's, yeah. it should never have got to this point. Like something, something seriously gone wrong. He spent more time in a Wallabies jersey serving tea to English old ladies in that stand than he has on the field. Um, and, yeah, uh, and it's not his fault. And I think we saw it as well when we were visiting Argentina that there was a lot of injuries in practice and things like that as well in training. And, uh, you know, there was a real commitment this year by Dave Rennie, the coaching staff, to really sort of uh, – it's going to sound bad, but they wanted to really physically punish the players to build up their endurance, build up their toughness and things like that as well. And conceptually, that's good, but you have to do that in a smart way because we saw a lot of injuries there that probably could have been avoided because they were trying to make a maybe make a point to the players or, or instill something in training. Uh, but I don't think there was enough attention paid to then the recovery from that 
or really enough safety concerns. Like we saw, I just remember in the Argentina tour, we saw Dave Parecki knocked out in training. I think Hunter Paisami knocked out in the same training or the next training session as well. So that's going to be looked at. Probably a different uh, uh, strength and conditioning coach brought in, uh, which would be which would be good. I wouldn't mind seeing maybe a strength and conditioning coach that's worked in the NRL uh, before. Uh, because they've got actually in the NRL, you know, you've got to have a lot of cardio fitness for that as well, because there's a lot of up and down in that game, running back to get back on side, et cetera, et cetera. So I wouldn't mind uh, seeing some of that in there. But And then they also have to deal with similar concerns about head injuries and things like that as well. So I think that is being investigated and rightfully so. I don't think it'll, you know, uh, anyone will be hung, drawn and quartered about it, but I think hopefully it'll reveal uh, better processes to go into the World Cup years so that we can avoid uh, more of these training injuries and non-contact injuries, et cetera. Yeah, no, totally. And I guess, yeah, I think they've already got rid of the strength and conditioning coach, which, you know, obviously is, yeah. is you know, don't want anyone losing their job and um, um, you hope that person takes it as a learning curve. But it will be interesting to see who they bring in and how much of an emphasis they put on that because there's now a lot of pressure riding on us like this wasn't that big of a thing like it was obviously a big thing oh there's so many injuries we need to but now that you've kind of gone out and said yes we're going to let, launch a formal investigation into it and we're going to investigate it it does become now a big thing it's like okay they're looking into these reasons why what's this they'll they'll break it all down and I'm sure they'll do a very good job yeah. and going into a rugby world cup it's the time you have to do it because you can't be losing exactly. this many players going into a rugby world cup but it now is a big thing because if it happens again next year your investigation has a got no results and b been a waste of time. So there is now more pressure on a the streaming conditioning coach who comes in here and whatever regime that Rennie decides to run with going into the World Cup next year. So that's an interesting point. The next one, the English investigation. Now, I I'm just this is such England rugby, and I just it blows my mind. You've got Eddie Jones, who's a known winner as a coach, who's won a rugby World yeah. Cup before, like done it all going into the year next year Rugby World Cup and you like like all that chat about Dave Rennie and maybe losing his job and stuff it was all just media chat there was never anything said by yeah. Rugby Australia for, for English rugby to sit there and go we're going to investigate the just everything the, why I was the results just like, weren't the way yeah I'm just, just ridiculous like, Oh my God, shoot yourself in the foot. Like, because again, like I just said with the Australians, this is just now pressure added because you're investigated. If you don't get rid of them and your results stay the same, everyone will be like, what happened with the investigation? If you get rid of them and results don't change, everyone will be blowing up about that decision. Now, if you keep him and he does really well, everyone will be like, why were you investigating him in the first place? You look like an idiot. Like, just to me, it's a lose, lose, lose situation. There's no winning. Like, the only way they win is if they get rid of him bring in someone and they win a Rugby World Cup and I just, that isn't going to happen. Like that can, no. like there's no one on, maybe Warren Gatland, maybe Warren Gatland, I don't see, uh, Ronan Agar has been talked about, he's obviously a fantastic coach at the moment, but I don't see anyone in the coaching, Scott Robinson hasn't been proven at that level that you can sit yeah. there and go compare to Eddie Jones. Yeah, 100%. Like this is a man that took you to a World Cup final in the last World Cup. Uh, he went to Australia and had a winning series there. Uh, and yeah, they you tied the All Blacks, but still that's the All Blacks as well. I think there's a lot of um, context that needs to be made. Is I think overall, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into this more when we review the year's um, performance by everyone, but I think it's a, it's a disappointing year for England in what was 
they expect it to be a big year for them heading into the World Cup. So there's not they don't have that momentum going into the World Cup that they would have liked. What they've got now, though, if they could play it right, is a bit of an edge, is a bit of that everyone doubts us, no one's taken us seriously, uh, under pressure, backs against the wall, let's fight it out from here. But, yeah, it's... Honestly, it's it is uh, it is disappointing from England, but uh, I don't think it's necessarily Eddie Jones who's the problem. No, and much the same as like uh, with us with the Wallabies, I wouldn't say that Dave Rennie is the problem there. No, hundred percent. And I'm just I'm I'm interested because like this obviously this year matters, and like building to a World Cup is great, but you don't want to peak too early, like it's well known, yeah. and then especially going into the next year, you know. Australians two winning rugby championships of 2011 and 2015. So, like, to go into a World Cup year, nothing else matters but that Rugby World Cup. Now, I look at England and I go, you've got the number one and two team in the world in your Six Nations competition, which is very rare when you're talking about England not being one of those top two teams and talking about one and two in the world because that means South Africa and New Zealand and even Australia Chuck you guys in with those those two other teams. Um, they aren't one or two, so they're literally playing at a level. They you know like they had France had Japan on their tour, media tour. Um, South Africa had Wales. Now New Zealand and Ireland went to battle, and obviously that was the highlight of those media tours. But then England Aussie was the second hardest, so it wasn't like their schedule hasn't been easy. Like their easy games they've yeah. won. That the only real disappointment when you look at their schedule is you go that Argentina game. They win that Argentina game, and then I go, look, the way the world rugby is at the moment, top four teams, Ireland, France, South Africa, New Zealand. England's a clear fifth for me, like a clear fifth. Yeah. They drew with the All Blacks. Look, they didn't play well against South Africa and got beaten by South Africa playing South Africa ball and then lost to Ireland and France. Other than that... the, the like they're getting like if you think about it, I think it, the main one that's probably sticking out to them, you're right, is the Argentina one. But the other one that'll be really sticking in their craw is the loss to Scotland. However, from what we've seen from Scotland this year, Scotland is not to be underestimated. Definitely, yeah, I mean totally. And I, I and the way I still see it is on the day I'm picking England over Scotland still at this moment. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it would take something pretty special to change my mind on that, that they're the, not the fifth best team in the world. And if you're going into the World Cup and you go, yep, we're the fifth best team in the world, I believe they're on the easy side of the draw where all the top four teams, if they win their pool, are going to fall on the other side of the draw. It's just mental yeah. England rugby for they, me. They, I just they fall it. on Australia's side, uh, I believe. So the easy side so of the if, draw. Yeah. Well, until they, until they meet <laughs> us in the semi-final and lose and we go to a World Cup final. So... Uh, they are in pool. They're in pool D with Japan, Argentina, Samoa, and Chile. Uh, and then, so say they win that pool, or they come second. But let's say they, we'll say that they win. And we'll give them the the yep. benefit of the doubt here. Uh, oh, the Rugby World Cup site doesn't actually say, but I believe that the winner of D plays the runner up of C, right? Uh, yep. And then the winner of C plays the runner up of D. So, yep. and then they meet in the semi final. So. On Pool C is Wales, Australia, Fiji, Georgia, and Portugal. So Australia won, Wales two there. So they play Wales in their quarterfinal match, and then they come up against Australia in the semifinal. Uh, so, yeah. On the other side, though, you've got South Africa, Ireland, Scotland, Tonga, Romania, and Pool B. Pool A is New Zealand, France, Italy, Uruguay, and Namibia. Quarterfinals there will be uh, France versus 
France versus Ireland, New Zealand versus Africa, or some combination of that, which will be crazy games. That's almost the that's your almost that's your top four teams of the world really facing off there in the quarterfinals, and that semi-final will be a, a massive yeah. clash. So, yep, going to be going to be uh, interesting. Okay. So yeah, pool A and pool B are on the same side, and pool C and pool D are on the same side. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we, were, so yeah, like I just sit there and I go, yeah, the top four teams are on the other side of the pool. Like as long as you take care of your business and they take care of their business, what are you doing right now? You're shooting yourselves in the foot before it's even got there. Hundred percent. Realistically, you've got the easiest run to a final that you're going to have in years if it all goes the way we're expecting it to go. I mean, even if it doesn't, like it's like they, I just, yeah, I don't know. England rugby has me scratching yeah. my head at the moment. As bad as the year has been, it hasn't been that bad. And what's ahead is far more important. Uh, yeah. My friend, it is your time to shine, though. Excuse me, start of the week. Who you got for us well, this week? I mean, I don't think it's going to be a surprise to, to anyone here, but it's Mark Noanganitawase. Marky Mark, the um, amazing winger for the Wallabies, uh, stepped up when needed to, scored tries and put points in the void when needed to. Great in defense as well. Not really that much to say other than that. It's all been covered pretty extensively. Uh, Mark Noanganitawase, Probably the the winger that'll be across from Corabetti come World Cup time next year and things like that as well. Like, yeah, making Dave Rennie's job easier in team selection. It's just, it's hard to deny uh, Mark Nwangani to us our position in the Wallabies going forward. Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about uh, a pretty special player that we fought when Vunivalu being across from Korobeti that was going to work out, but it was actually going to be someone with a harder name, uh, yeah. Marky Mark. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, he's a he's a, f- a favourite of this of, of this show, I'd say. Uh, I'm, I'm a yeah. fan of Mark as well. I can't believe he's 22. Uh, he is still a young gun. Uh, if he can keep playing the way the way he has this season, uh, a, mm-hmm. a, a massive future. So excited to see him uh, rip and tear at the Waratahs this year. So congratulations, Marky Mark, on winning Husey Star. Of the week this week, and one day Luke will get your name right. Uh yeah, I sit here I said every one day. time. One day, every every time I see it, every time I see it, I try and pronounce it and screw it up the first time, get it right the second time. Mm. So I'm not going to do it until I'm 100. percent I've got yeah. it down, and when I've got it down, you will see me on this camera, and I will sit here and I will pronounce it to you. You know what's a, the the great a great mantra i heard from a oh, i read i should say from actually from a children's book that i used to read when i was a kid which is uh don't practice until you get it right practice until you don't get it wrong that's the one yeah that's good yeah exactly that's nice i like that so i'm gonna practice until yeah. i don't get it, don't wrong. Get it wrong yeah that's a good one Where, where what book was that <laughs> God, you were reading so some, a, some deep children's books. Yeah, it's, well, yeah, I should say young adults, but it's The Rangers Apprentice by actually an Australian author, John Flanagan. So yeah, good good uh, young adult fantasy series for, for those 
looking for for books out there. Hughesy's Book Corner. Hughesy's <laughs> Book Corner. Yeah. <laughs> I, Has it now become sitting, a lifestyle podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting there thinking like a children's book, like pictures and this and that. No, and no, 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 no. Like a young adult. <laughs> a I young mean, look, adult. I was a child when I read it, but I was an advanced reader, so. Oh, I see. see yeah. I was I was held back a couple of years with my reading. Yeah. Um, so that's, as you, as you t- as you could tell when, when Hughesy decided to message me uh, late last night after I sent him a run sheet <laughs> that I'd spoke, I wasn't gonna start <laughs> investigating in three different ways. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. I was going to uh, let you have that one, but uh, yeah. Uh, look. Uh, mate, believe me, I know. I know. I know I'm there. Um, I'm a material speller, a material reader. Uh, English isn't my strong suit, but I uh, host a podcast, so fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> um, shall we grade some international footy, my friend? Let's let's do. So I guess what we'll do is I'll uh, say the team and their record. You give your grade, talk about your reasoning for that, and I'll do the same with mine. Um, so we'll start, I guess, uh, with the All Blacks. Um, I don't think I'd be able to hold you back from talking about them. Uh, but the All Blacks this international season went eight, four, and one. So eight wins, four losses, one draw. Uh, and Luke, what grade did you give them? I gave my All Blacks a B minus. Um, now I was. It was I'm in an R and I was you know fighting with myself if it was a C plus or did they creep into the B's but I decided they went B minus and the reason I decided this that they creeped into the B's was they actually you know other than that England capitulation and obviously the Irish series loss but they won the Bledisloe they won the Rugby Championship you know there were some results there that weren't all black like but we we're in the most competitive you know, international rugby time of our lives. So I mm. sat there and said for everything the All Blacks went through to come out with, you know, twice as many wins as losses, two or, or just two championships uh, in the uh, trophy cabinet, cabinet. The the Irish loss still stings, obviously, but they're the number one team in the world for a reason. So that's why I went B-. minus. Yeah, I, I, I was a little bit more generous than you here. I went for a B. Uh, because I think as well, this is, I guess, maybe the difference in standards that would be, we were maybe applying to this. Uh, I sort of put this in the context of uh, of if any other team in the world could take your could take that record, where would they sort of um, rate their year? Uh, and I think as well, the, historically for the All Blacks, an average season is an A, right? Yeah, average season is an A, maybe one loss or two in there, but otherwise uh, pretty close to a clean sheet. So I think... The All Blacks are sort of uh, like me in school. You're used to getting an A, so a B is disappointing. Um, and so that's why I've given them a B. So they won't be happy with a B, but I don't think it's as bad as a B-. minus. Now, the the losses this year, two of them to Ireland, one to South Africa, one to Argentina, right? And you also had the draw against England. I'll also put in there there was a narrow victory gifted to you by he who shall not be named against the Wallabies. <laughs> so that one will probably still be uh, in the back of a lot of people's minds uh, as well, that that was a bit un-All Black-like, where uh, nearly giving away a double-digit lead to the Wallabies, um, which just doesn't happen. So that'll be in the in the back of people's minds. But I think overall, it was definitely a below-par year for the All Blacks. But I think in terms of how an international rugby team performs, it was it was a solid year. It was worthy of a B. 
Yeah, yeah, I see where you're going there. Uh, I will let you start with the Wallabies one. So the Wallabies went yeah. five and nine this year. Um, Asterix, again, as you just said, six and yeah. eight, you could say. <laughs> Look, I mean, it's hard to grade the Wallabies, yeah, uh, because, you know, we talked about earlier. I, so to be clear, I gave him a B minus. I thought this this year was disappointing for the Wallabies, but then I sort of looked at the context a bit more, right? Huge injury toll uh, and also loss of uh, players for the for the spring tour, uh, you know, with Karevi going down, Corabetti not available, et cetera, et cetera, Cooper down. Uh, looking at our losses as well, particularly the spring tour, one point loss to France, uh, one point loss to Italy, three point loss to Ireland, right? Most of the team injured as well for, for the tour. Giddo Law the entire time, right? So Giddo Law, you're already playing with a huge amount of players unavailable. Then you have even more players unavailable uh, because of injury. And you still managed to scrape out uh, with very, very narrow losses to two of the best teams in the world. Like the fact that the Wallabies were able to match it with those teams with such a lack of experience in there. And in fact, and a really interesting quote from Dave Rennie was brought up, which was uh, in the Italy game, people asked him, you know, why did you have Tom Wright uh, at fullback instead of maybe putting Jock Campbell back there. And he said, well, really, when you look at the back line, there was no one really with any experience back there, and we needed someone who could actually have a voice and talk through what we needed to do in the back line. So he's got those concerns as well because the back line is so thin on talent at the moment due to uh, injuries and things like that that he had to perhaps not play his optimal team, and they still came away from that with a win. And you have to look think about how that affected their game uh, their games against France and Ireland and things like that, where they're playing players that don't have a huge amount of experience and they're still going blow for blow, toe for toe, toe to toe with all these teams. So for me, uh, it's it's a mixture of frustration, um, uh, as, but as well, there's a bit of hope in there as well. So I think you look at the start of the year, I think the Wallabies have improved, even though the results are not necessarily reflected that. I think they've definitely improved from where they were at the start of the rugby championship to now. Or I should say yeah, from the start I mean, of the I, England, I, England series to now. England series to now, yeah. I I wasn't too far off here. I, I went with a C-plus um, for a lot of kind of the, the reasons you said. I just took them down to the C-plus margin. And again, I... You can you can use I don't want to say it's an excuse because it, it is but it isn't like the injury toll and everything is an excuse but it is it did it clearly as you said take an effect I think the loss to Italy is probably the only one that stands out that dropped them mm. from I think they get there I can put them in the B margins and stuff like that when you look at all the games say say they beat Italy they're now six and eight you can put the asterisks and then go you know seven and seven for the year with the All Blacks game. So that Italy loss was just the, the, the real driving point. I think they'll be yeah. disappointed with the series against England as well. They had that one to, to win and lost it. And the second game against South Africa, there was just moments where they could have pushed their grades up that they didn't take key moments. Um, but yeah, there's enough... Enough there to not say that they failed the season and that it was a, were, you know, a terrible season, but enough there where yeah. I was like, I still want to see more. Yeah, uh, Argentina. I, I agree. It, it's, a, it's it's narrow though. Yeah, Argentina, uh, five and seven result uh, this year. Uh, I graded them at uh, at a B. Uh, 
So for me, they had some spectacular results this year, but the biggest issue with them was their consistency. Uh, every time they had a big performance, they never seemed to be able to back it up. Uh, they would always lose heavily the next two games. So the result against New Zealand, great result, smashed the next game uh, by New Zealand. And then they had, I believe, uh, a good game against, uh, they won that game against England and they got smashed by Scotland the next game. So consistency and it seems like, and it's a very Argentina thing, lots of passion. You put it all into one game and then you sort of they sort of take it easy the next game. Um, and you can't have that at a World Cup, which is sort of what the, the curve I was uh, grading them against here. So I think it was a fantastic year for them, but I think they will be disappointed that it wasn't better. I think they were, this had a potential to be really a special season for Argentina rugby. And it's just, it's fallen short a little bit for me by those consistency issues. Yeah, I totally understand that, but I completely disagree with you. Um, <laughs> I've gone with an A. I think you look at Argentina rugby, and they won a series against Scotland at home. They beat the All Blacks at the All Blacks. They beat England in England. I think they've turned a corner to a point now where they can go, we can beat anyone on our day, and not just can we beat anyone, we can beat the best of the best Um and that's why I've gone with an A. I don't think, yeah, their overall record doesn't shine the greatest light to, to deserve an A maybe, but I just think in those games that I saw where they won those games, to say that they can do that, I think yep. it's an A. I think they're building really well into a World Cup. So I went A for them um, just purely based on those two massive wins um, especially. I've, I would have loved to see another win in South Africa. That would have yeah. really got them up to their A plus if they had been able to pull up a win there because they beat Australia, they beat New Zealand. If they'd beaten South Africa one time, would have been an A plus. Talking about South Africa, the eight and five South Africans, I have gone straight out the bat, rate them a B. Now, they are very close to an A. France, Ireland game. Yeah. Both of those games, you know, score, win those games, they're an eight. They will look back and there'll be no more more disappointing loss than losing to New Zealand in South Africa in that second game when the All Blacks were on the ropes. That was yeah. terrible. And now now we'll, now that we've got to the end of this year and we see the team that Wales is, the fact that they lost to Wales at home and that series was so tight – that's yeah. that's that's what's dropped them down for me because the end, this end of year tour, as bad as you know, two losses is, they've been fantastic, and I think yeah, they they yeah that they're so good. It's just yeah, they 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 were really close to getting into the A racket. I yeah. I actually think they're the third best team in the world, and I'm you know an All Blacks fan, so that's putting yeah. them above the All Blacks. I know we beat them, and I know we won the rugby championship, but the way they're playing at the moment, I've got them as the third best team in the world. But I think they could have been better. Yeah, I think we're both in agreement on this. I, though you've given them a B, I've given them a B plus because they are so. They were for me as well close to an A. They had a controversial loss to France in France, a narrow loss to Ireland. Uh, they had one loss to Wales, a loss to New Zealand, a loss to Australia. Right, so it's probably not the. I think though for me, what gave them a B plus was the win over England, the the repeat of the World Cup final, um, and that. I sort of you could sort of see that that was the potential of South Africa fully on display there. So I think that for me pushed them up to a B plus. But really, otherwise, I completely agree with everything you said for the Springboks. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. South Africa ball when they play South Africa ball, we'll always say it. They are unbeatable. Yeah. If you if you let them yeah. play South Africa ball. 
they will beat you. Um, okay, so that's the that's the rugby championship teams done. We will now move uh, north. Let's start with Ireland, number one team in the world, nine and two yeah. record, one loss against New Zealand, one loss against France. How did you grade them, my friends? I think we graded them the same here. I graded them as an A. Had a great season. Uh, not really too much to say about them, right? We, you know, both of their losses were, uh, and we discussed this last week with France and their record, uh, a loss in France to France, uh, France to France, however you want to say it, whatever <laughs> fucking English you want to use, and then a loss uh, to New Zealand in New Zealand as part of a tour where they went two and one. So I think they've got to be pretty happy with that overall. I think maybe they'll be looking at the Australia game with a bit of concern about why it was so so close. And this is what I think is probably um, – I think we've talked about this a little bit, but I feel like um, Australia sometimes gets uh, is getting underrated lately. I think Australia matches up very, very well against Northern Hemisphere um, teams – but not as well against uh, the All Blacks and and South Africa. Even then, South Africa this year we went one on one. But I feel like Australia has just got something uh, about them where they can look at these Northern Hemisphere teams and and uh, has has some way of neutralising a lot of what they want to do. So I think Ireland will be a little bit concerned by that going into next year. However, again, they'll probably won't be too concerned because they're on the opposite side of the bracket to Australia and not likely to see him. Uh, sorry, and won't see him until. Uh, uh, the final if they both get there they're going to be very very dangerous going into the world cup and i think uh all teams are going to be on high alert for irish rugby yeah i went a as well um and the only thing stopping it being an a plus is they didn't win the six nations obviously um losing to france there the one loss to new zealand doesn't even matter now because they won the series uh but the loss to to France, I know it was in France. That's why they don't drop any, but that's why they're not an yeah. A plus. Because if they take it home, the Six Nations, easy A plus. Um, but yeah, they were definitely an A. Yeah, you can't can't set point much wrong with the, with the Irish team. On to that team, France. Now we've gone slightly different rankings, and I'm going to start yeah. explaining mine first. I've gone A. I haven't given them an A plus, and I'm going to tell you why. Strength of schedule. Now, this gets talked a lot about, uh, you, you imagine I'm talking about like college football or something like that, and I'm part of the committee deciding who's making the top four, because their strength of schedule, home game, <laughs> home game against, uh, you know, Ireland, all of that end of series home games, I think it was home game against England when they beat England, so their mid-season test series was a two-game test series against Japan, so I just sit there and mm. I go, that, 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 that they won all their games undefeated. You can't put them lower than an A, but they're not an A plus because you know they they didn't beat they beat a South Africa controversially. As I was saying um, before, my battery got as heated as I am about France not deserving an A plus. Uh, yeah, they just didn't have a hard enough schedule in my book. So, my friend, why did you give them an A plus? Undefe- undefeated, ten and O on the year. You can't do much better than that. Look. You can only play the teams that are put in front of you, right? France got in there and they they did the job. That's what they were required to do. They fulfilled the brief. Uh, you can't really find uh, many flaws with things when you when you go undefeated for a year, right? So that's my reasoning there. Anytime a team goes undefeated like that and they win um, some silverware for the Six Nations, what else do you say, right? They, they There's nothing else that they could have done to have elevated themselves any further, right? That's what I look at it as. I was like, could they have, uh, could they have achieved any better results 
No, they could have could they have performed better in the games, maybe. But at the end of the day, what's the most important statistic in rugby? It's uh, a win or a loss. All right, every game, one and zero. Did you win the game? Yes. Okay, great success. They won each of their games. They did everything they needed to do in each of those games to win. That's it at the end of the day. Because when it comes to the Rugby World Cup, you still get the cha- you still get the trophy, even if you only win the last game by one point. Right? That's all that matters. So they got the wins. Tick. That's the most important thing in rugby, and that's why for me, when I say talk about the Wallabies, uh, like yes, there's positivity, but also there's negativity because as great as the Wallabies have grown, they're not getting the wins at the end of the day, and that's the most important thing. No one, uh, there's no trophy at the end of the World Cup for a team who looked really good but just couldn't quite get across the line. <laughs> there's no trophy for that. The trophy is there for winning, and that's what France did this year. I can't fault them, so that's why they get an A plus for me. Fair enough. Uh, yes. Shall we move on to their English counterparts? Uh, slightly different let's. grades. I'll let you start. Yeah. yeah, so England for me, even as much as we talked about uh, them needing to stick with Eddie Jones, I gave them a D for this year. Uh, now, big part of this was a very disappointing Six Nations. Uh, this was an England team that going into the Six Nations was very highly talked about, about uh, this is their year to, to take it kind of thing. Uh they lost to Argentina at home. They were honestly lucky to win the, the Wallaby series. And now they've also, and what's contributed to the grade for me is now this dramas around the coaching, right? And so English rugby has, has, has lowered their grade, right? If there was uh, a bit more stability in there, just uh, stay the course. It is our coach through the world cup. Yeah. Things weren't as, as we wanted them, but it is what it is. We'll learn and improve. I'd probably elevate them a bit more, but the fact that they're internally disrupting themselves like this and they're shitting bricks over a five, six and one season is, uh, contributes to me to probably, uh, the, 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 the what's I'm trying to think of the word here, the, the poor nature of the grade, because yeah. they look, they, they've had some good, good wins this year they had some bad losses for sure not a great season but then when you're throwing your coach under the bus it just makes everything worse um and that's why i've um the opposite of elevated them i've lowered them down yeah and i get that i mean i've got you've gone d i've gone c minus and the only reason uh, in new zealand i don't know if it's the same here anything below obviously c minus is considered a fail so i don't think this season was a failure but I, obviously it's no, you're not exceeding any expectations here, you know. Like, yeah. if this is a job review, I'm like, you're lucky to be keeping your job team for the whole team, for the whole yeah. English rugby union. So, I went C-, minus. everything you spoke about, like, it wasn't yeah. great, Six Nations, but they showed enough promise for me in games that I was like, they won the Wallaby series, like, I know they... Probably lucky to, but still did it. So, and in the end, like you said, most important thing is those win columns. Yeah, for me, uh, I guess like the D is like put on notice, right? Because they, that's what they, they have done. They've already said that they put it. They've put their coach on notice. We're doing a full review into it. There's performance management going on. So that's why I put him at D because they, they've honestly done it to themselves by doing this review. So that's yeah. the reason for me to put him into the into the D is because. Um, that sounded really bad, but that's why I've given them a, that's why I've given them a D grade here. Uh, that's why I've given them the D, man, uh, because yeah, they've put themselves under review. They recognize their performance wasn't good enough, and they're they're essentially saying, uh, 
you're on notice or you're losing your job. So, and that's what a D grade says to me. Definitely, Scotland, Scotland, yeah. uh, five and seven. Mm-hmm. I've gone with a C plus. Now, for yeah. similar reason, uh, I guess that I gave the England the C minus. It's a pass. It's obviously better yeah. than just your bog standard C minus or C. But it's not. They didn't push to a B for me. Uh, they lost to Australia at home. Uh, they lost to the All Blacks, even though they showed promise in that game at yeah. home. Uh, yeah, fame, a, a big win against England. But if Scotland want to be one of those top six teams in the world, they have to be beating England and not being happy just by beating England. Um, so I think, yeah, I think the way I kind of saw the Scottish team was there, there was similar to what, the English team had going to the Six Nations. They had a lot of chatter about this was like their season to topple some teams over. And, you know, they went to Argentina, lost that series. They lost, you know, to everyone just about in, in, in the summer series other than Fiji and didn't look convincing in that in that game. So I yeah. just went, you know what? They pass. There was certain, that, that win against England. There's enough good performances. But if they want to take that next step and go into the Bs and the As, they need to beat everyone. Yeah, look, I, I'm very similar to you. I gave him a B minus for this one purely because they did beat England. Um, and that always, for me, for Scotland, it just counts for that little bit extra. That is their Bledisloe Cup, really. That is their game of the year. That Every year they go into it, it's like our objective is to beat England this year. And so that was they, they accomplished that. Uh, one point loss to Australia and a narrow loss to New Zealand. Uh, they lost the Argentina series, but then they sort of redeemed themselves in my eyes by that absolute thrashing they uh, gave them last week. So that for me elevated them a little bit into the B minus territory. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think they would be B minus to me says not, not too happy, but also like I, I got, it's like you sort of had an objective list for the year and you got like, uh, five out of ten of them done, right? So you, you you feel like you got a lot ticked off, but you didn't quite hit all the marks that you wanted. So that for me was a was a B minus. It yeah, it's just I see them similar to Argentina, who I gave a, a, a B to as well, where they want to be taking the next step and they're not quite there uh, yet, but they still did some good things during the year. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, the Welsh, my friend. Uh, yeah. Similar grades. Uh, you go first. Yeah. All right. So Wales, who went three and nine. Well, I gave him a, a D minus for this one, and I w- I'll say, for me, an F is a complete failure of a year, which I don't think they had a complete failure uh, of a year because they did get some results going their way. They beat Scotland uh, and they beat Argentina, but this year has got to be one of the worst years in Welsh history, almost as bad as 1277 when they were invaded by England. So it was very, very close in terms of terrible years in our, in Welsh history. Uh, look, a lot of their results as well, where they did lose, uh, weren't by the biggest of margins, you know, particularly we look at the recent Wallabies game, but yeah, very, very disappointing overall. As I said, an F for me has to be a complete and utter failure of a year. I don't think this was a complete and utter failure of a year, but it was damn close to being one of those. Yeah, I went one better and gave them the F. <laughs> uh, I yeah, I couldn't couldn't see uh, a year going anywhere. Yeah, they beat South Africa. Yeah, they beat Argentina, but no no impressive ones really in 
uh, the Six Nations, to be lose to Georgia, um, and then you know back it up with probably what was going to get them out of the F rating was a win against Australia, and to blow that, it just. Just a capitulation, just an absolute miserable year for a proud rugby nation, which is sad. But yeah, mm. this is what happens, and and I, I I can't I can't not give them an F. I feel like if, the, if if you said to a Welshman, oh you're going to go three and nine, and these are your free wins, and you're going to lose to Georgia, and you're going to do this at the start of the year, they would have gone, you're fucking taking the piss, mate. Yeah, they would have they would have strung you out, they would have chopped you up, they would eaten you some. Lamb liver for for breakfast. Those damn Welsh. What is it? Yeah, they love, they love sheep. Um, so that's almost that's, as much that's as you why like. I went with. Uh, actually, probably more. I think. Uh, <laughs> that's why the Welsh were given an F by me. Japan. Yeah. Finished the season yeah. two and five. It's. I think we gave them the same grade here with a B minus. Um, it's. It's sort of a classic Japan rugby story. They showed a lot of promise. They showed that they're improving, but just not enough to get the wins. Um, I think they'd still be relatively happy with the the year, but I think they wish their record had been a bit better. Unfortunately, they had three games against France this year, uh, which uh, doesn't help. Uh, and as also a game against the All Blacks. Uh, but yeah, two and five for a fringe rugby nation that's um, sort of becoming more mainstream. It's you know sort of expected, but they had hoped for more. Yeah, 100%. Couldn't have said much more. Two, two B-minuses, I think, are, are deserved. They'll be like, yeah, we'll take that, yeah, but we missed out with the All Blacks. If they win that game, it's an A+. Yeah. It doesn't matter, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, so mm-hmm. that was that was Japan. And then Italy, I believe we shared the same grade as well. We both went A+, plus, um, for the Italians. Uh, again, I think... I, I, wa- I was debating an A or an A+, because of the loss to Georgia, but I just said that... That famous, you know, the way they played and beat Samoa, and then to back it up against Australia, you know, a top tier nation, um, you can't you can't say that that wasn't a fantastic year. I think same thing. Yeah. If you're asking an Italian rugby fan at the start of the year, would you take this, this, this? They would have taken that head over heels. They would have loved it. Absolutely yeah. gone. Yep. Thank you. We'll take that any day of the yep. week. Bellissimo. What a what a great year for Italian rugby. <laughs> you know, historic wins. Uh, their mid-year tour was against Portugal, Romania, and Georgia, and they beat Portugal, they beat Romania, and they lost to Georgia, which probably should have been our first uh, indication of um, Georgia uh, stepping it up this year. Uh, but yeah, a, a great year for Italian rugby, and they went five and six this year, so nearly a positive record as well. So that, I think they'd be very, very pleased uh, with that, especially at a time when uh, people were saying, let's put... Uh, let's look at getting another team into the Six Nations and kicking Italy out. They think they, uh, you know, put their foot down and shouted Italian slang out of their windows and uh, <laughs> d- defied uh, defied the w- world's expectations, really, and just had a fantastic year. Definitely answered some critics um, in, in a Absolutely. big way this year, the Italian rugby. Uh, but, yeah, that is our grades for all the international teams for this year. Obviously, we didn't grade all of them, like Samar and stuff like that, um, but yeah. maybe we'll do a short little video if you like our grades so far and do the rest of the nations. Uh, also, keep tuned on the Instagram, uh, on our YouTube, on TikTok and everything. Going to be naming our top 100 players very soon i've got the uh list kind of half ready just uh doing some final spot checks with stats so on and so forth and then i send it over to my proofreader uh power rankings guru Husey, and make sure you spell everything right 
<laughs> and he will probably move all the Australians up far too many places and then we will release it to the world and then we'll do some rugby awards for the whole year as well. So yep. all that is coming very soon. Um, anything else from you, Husey? Uh, no, that's it for me. Uh, I guess, uh, look, it was, it's, was a great season of uh, international rugby and can't wait for next year. Yeah, I mean, what a season to to get us ready for a Rugby World Cup in 2023. So absolutely excited for that. Uh, But you can come back here next time and join us on that rugby podcast. We'll be back again next week. We do this year round, keeping you up to date with all the rugby union stuff in the world. For now, thank you for joining us. We will see you next week. Goodbye. Peace.